2: Live from the Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, it's the first annual Amal Shah Memorial Day Weekend Telethon. Over the next 60 minutes, you will see the cast of The Nuts, Darren Banks, and here from the Beeson Band. And now, ladies and gentlemen, your host, Mike Palm.
3: Welcome into The Nuts, folks. A little change of script here. You've heard of the Jerry Lewis Labor Day Weekend Telethon. To to benefit muscular dystrophy. After last night's performance, Amal, we decided to have the Amal Shaw Memorial Day Weekend Telethon. Viewers can call in and donate to help you out after last night's bludgeoning.
4: Well, I'll tell you what. Can you give out that number quicker? Because I'm going to tell you, I need all the help I can get after the Clippers' performance yesterday. 702-555-SHAW.
3: 702-555-SHAW. I would like to say our operators, but obviously Veason doesn't have an expansive staff, so I'll be answering the phone during the show. If you don't like the way the show's going, call in. You can interrupt it a few times. We expect to raise enough money to cover that Clippers minus $3 on the money line for you last well, night. Well, I'll
4: tell you what, we're going to need to hit the five-figure mark because this is going to be a seriously, uh, this is bad. I'll tell you what, last night, I can't believe it. Tyron Lue, a, you know what, I'd like to be him. Stealing $7 million a year, can't coach a lick. By the way, does he send a portion of his salary to LeBron James?
3: I, I I don't know them all, but, you know, I'm not a, a basketball or especially NBA aficionado, but we get out here, we get the Clippers telecast of it. We don't get yeah. the national game, right? And to listen to the Clippers announcers talk about the matchups they had on defense and the lack of adjustments. I mean, putting Beverly on Doncic and just letting Doncic back you down when you're down five and seven in the fourth quarter and either get layups or eight footers, there was no answers coming from him. And then on the opposite end, it's you know Paul George shooting fadeaway twenty seven
4: footers. Yeah, <laughs> well that's what he does best, right? I mean, come on. It's, it's really it's pathetic in terms of that defensive performance. Mike, here's the funny thing. Last night the Mavericks shoot better than fifty percent from the three point arc, better than fifty percent from the floor, but they were only in the mid fifties from the free throw line. Imagine if they were actually normal and about eighty percent. This game is blowout city. You give up a buck twenty seven in a critical game for you. you give up a seventy one spot in the first half. You're still winning, and you still can't find a way to slow this team down.
3: Yeah, you know, I had it in my parlay with you. I agreed with you. It was a spot where the Clippers needed to perform uh, to at least get the split at home. But I found myself watching more of the Lakers game, a much more compelling game and competitive game. I just really believe watching that second half, I had no shot. I counted my ticket as dead.
4: Yeah, you know, it was funny. I, I saw it in the third quarter. To me, it felt like I was in real trouble. And so I just started taking the maps for a little bit of money uh, the other way because to uh, mitigate my loss. Because I, I just didn't feel like there was going to be a push coming. And you go in that fourth quarter, I mean this team a great team's going to make a push championship team can I get JVT to get me some of my money back I thought Kawhi was one of the elite defenders in the game he is when he plays against people from you know b- b- the Boston Celtics all 6-5 and under guys you have plus 350 on the Lakers to win the title you feel better after last night Look, I didn't have any concern with the Lakers coming into the situation. I thought it was going to be a tough spot because they were on the road against Phoenix. But the Suns team have some question marks still. The Lakers now just turned this entire series around, not only because of the win, but I think mentally, how does Phoenix rebound? You have an opportunity to go up 2-0 against the Lakers and really put some pressure on them. Now the pressure, to me, is going to shift away, dissipate a little bit from the Lakers, and they should be able to play freely. If Chris Paul isn't right, is there any chance for the Suns in this? No, day? I don't no. think so. It kind of goes to your point with uh, Denver and uh, Jam- no Jamal Murray in the lineup without Chris Paul. I get Devin Booker's their best player, but uh, Chris Paul is the straw that stirs the drink there.
3: Jacob, can we check this line? We haven't had any calls yet. Folks, we're taking all major credit cards, Venmo, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin. Send whatever you can, and we'll accept it. Let's talk about the game early in the East last night. Um, Nets handled the Celtics rather easily.
4: Well, that doesn't come as much of a surprise. And, you know, it's funny. I looked up at that score, and to me, it was just a shocker that uh, I I was not smart enough to be on this game. You know, we talked about it yesterday on the show. uh, The Nets getting off to slow starts in the first half. They came out and absolutely just punked the Celtics in the first half of that game.
3: Yeah, I turned it on. You know, I never know. They say these games start at 4 4 3, but they don't. They, it's like when MLS came back and it was 45 minutes of the protesting. <laughs> they, they never start on them. By the time I look, the games are 20 points in the first quarter. Yeah. They're just not competitive in the East.
4: This was a game dominated by the uh, New Brooklyn Nets in this one. They were up by 24 points at halftime. If you laid the number, you never were concerned about it. And the funny thing is, Mike, they extended that lead. And I always love how these teams that are getting blown out, they shave five to six points off the lead in the fourth quarter only. Yeah, <laughs>
3: No big push. No, no big push, big push yeah, exactly. whatsoever. Um, if you're just joining us, the Nuts is presenting the Amal Shaw Memorial Day weekend telethon. If you followed Amal's plays yesterday, it was a complete disaster. Not only did the Clippers blow at $3, Max Scherzer blew at $2.
4: Richie Hill pitched great. They couldn't score any runs. No, but I'm not going to blame Maxie because yeah. they only lost 2-1 to one as the offense that faltered. And if you look in yesterday, Major League Baseball, eight teams either got shut out or only scored a single run.
3: This is The Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw. He's the subject of our telethon this week, and we're having a Memorial Day telethon to help raise money for Amal Shaw, who got hurt in a major way last night with the Clippers minus $3 and still trying to recover.
4: Oh, We got a call? We have a call. Hold on.
3: We've got a call. Our first caller. This is the Amal Shaw Memorial Day weekend telethon. I'm Mike. How can I help you? Yes, sir. Thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, no, sir. Sir, I think you've got the concept wrong. Amal is not refunding your bets on the Clippers. We're taking, <laughs> we're taking the, hello? hello. All right, well, hopefully we'll get some more calls later in the show, Amal. I want to talk about the NBA in general, the yeah. playoff time. You've been a successful NBA better for years. I put together some questions to ask you yeah. after we've seen basically two or three games in each series. So let's start by, off with by, this. By the way,
4: real quick, I'm assuming the first question is something like, do you have any sharp objects or any weapons around you during the game last night? Yeah, we're going to take away your belt and your shoelaces <laughs> yeah, exactly. here. Yeah. First question, are the Bucs going to sweep the Heat? I don't think so. I still think Miami, the way they played in game number one, they'll carry over into game number two. And by the way, we're getting calls on my <laughs> cell phone now. And the, uh, so anyway, I, I think it'll be a situation where uh, Milwaukee will have to figure out a way to play tough in Miami. Because game three, we're going to see a great effort out of the Heat and Spolsters team.
3: You get plus 180 if you think that the Bucks are going to sweep the Heat. I'm sure you got to lay something like 220 or 230 uh, if you think the Heat can get a game here.
4: Yeah, I, I to me, I think this is a good opportunity. They still should be able to get one game, Mike. It's going to be tough. Even if it's, let's say the Bucs go up 3-0, nobody wants to get swept. And I think the way Jimmy Butler, to me, is kind of one of those old school guys. He, he's just going to go out and give a hell of an effort, even if they're down 3-0. I love him. He's a guy I would love to play on my team any day of the week. Well, hopefully effort correlates into a few more made threes. I'll tell you what. In this league, though, if you give effort, you got a great chance. Let's stay on that side of
3: the bracket. Will the Nets or the Bucks make the Eastern Conference Finals?
4: Well, yes. To answer your question, since well, they're playing in yeah, the next yeah. round, well, one of them. Which one? Which? Um, I don't know. I think. Look, I don't want to put too much into what new. Uh, Brooklyn is doing against the uh, excuse me, Boston Celtics because the Celtics are just not as good of a team as they were last year. No Jalen Brown. It's been a factor for this team. You can't lose a player of his caliber and expect to be overly competitive against the Nets throughout the course of a, a seven-game series. I, I think Milwaukee is being slightly overlooked, Mike. I think this is an opportunity. They're going to learn from these losses the last couple of years in the postseason. I think Holiday is obviously a defensive upgrade than they had in the past. I like this team's chances. I'm going to give a slight edge to the Nets, but I think Milwaukee's got a really good chance.
3: If the Mavericks win this series against the Clippers, will we see Kawhi in a different jersey next year?
4: You know, I have no idea. Kawhi's like the weather in Cleveland. Wait 15 minutes, he'll change his mind. And to me, I'm not sure where he's going to go, what's going to happen. You know, he's from California. I don't know if he wants to stay there or not. That remains to be seen. Um, Lots of question marks. It's, It's hard to say. such an... You know, he's, he's such a mercurial guy. It, it's hard to judge in terms of what he's going to do or how he's going to decide whether stay here, go somewhere else. Who knows? Right now, the Mavs have assumed the favorites role in the series. Minus 250.
3: Interested in either side here. Taking the Clippers at plus 210 or laying the 250 with the Mavericks. Up two zero 0 and going home for two games to Dallas.
4: The uh, Well, when I uh, get home, I'm going to look through the couch cushions see if I can find some change. And then well, hopefully, get that hopefully this show <laughs> provides you some ammo to make a, a winning bet tonight. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, to me, the one thing that I'm looking at is I I don't think the series is dead. I still think the Clippers have some talent. Now, look, if Ty Lue can get out of his own way and stop putting Patrick Beverly on Luka Doncic, they got a chance. Remember, this is the team that got embarrassed by the uh, Mavericks at home by 50 points this year, and then they went to Dallas, won the game. I, I think there's an opportunity here. If they get game three... The series changes in terms of the dynamics.
3: What's the answer on Doncic? Is it to put Kawhi on him, or is it to bring a double if you've got Beverly on him?
4: I put Luke. I mean, I put uh, Kawhi Leonard on him. You know, this is a guy who's a known tremendous defender. Let's take a shot with him there.
3: Will any LA team, Clippers or Lakers, make the Western Conference Finals?
4: Yeah, I, I think the Lakers are going to be there for sure. I, and I think the way the bracket
3: sets up, even though the Clippers are down two nothing, you have two shots, right?
4: Well, not only do you have two shots, but here's the other thing. Let's be realistic about all these teams in the West. Okay, Denver, Portland, Phoenix, and Utah are all solid teams. But don't give me this narrative that when LeBron gets through and goes to the finals, oh, he took on all these great teams. These are average teams that if you put them in the NBA in the last 25 years, they're getting bounced probably in the first round. At best, they go to the second round. These, none of these teams are elite conference finals, NBA championship type of teams. When you look at the Phoenix Suns, Outside, I I get you got Booker and Aiton's, you know, a nice younger player. But to me, these aren't elite teams when you look at the league as a big uh, whole.
3: Right now, the Lakers plus 160 to win the West. You're getting eight to five on your money. Clippers are plus seven dollars. That's interesting because if you believe they will come back and beat the Mavericks, then you're getting three and a half to one off of that price if you just bet them at plus seven dollars to win the West.
4: Yeah, no, I think it's a pretty good play here still in terms of uh, what's going on because when you look at this, Mike, Think about this. I don't know if you have a number for game number three against the Clippers and Mavericks. Mavericks are probably going to be about a two point dog, three point dog at home. Uh, Clippers will still be a slight favorite. You're getting a better price than taking the Clippers. Uh, Jacob just said that the Mavericks are minus one and a half, so Clippers are probably plus 105 on the money line, maybe 110. You're still better off taking the series price because if they win game number three, everything changes going forward and you have an opportunity to hedge out. Yeah, that's correct.
3: And it'll be a pick em or they'll be favored and then the rest of the games in that series. Do the Lakers win the next three versus the Suns? You can get plus 240 on Lakers in five right now.
4: I don't know. That's a really good question. I think the price is very intriguing. I think the Lakers definitely take game three. Strong probability they take game four. The question is, can you close it out in game five in Phoenix? Will the Grizzlies
3: get another game off of the Jazz?
4: Yes. Uh, I think they'll win a game in Memphis. I'm not sure if it's game number three or game number four, but I think they're going to win another game for sure.
3: This is a good question, and we talked about this pre-series, and then after the first two games, will Nuggets Blazers go seven? You can get plus one sixty-three that it goes seven games.
4: No, this is a six-game series. I, I think this one's over in Portland. I think the Blazers win in six games. Look, I, I don't think Jamal Murray's absence is being you know talked about enough. This guy's a terrific shooter. This is a twenty-plus point scorer. He's a difference maker. He also helps out in terms of what Jokic can do. Now, granted, Jokic also creates a lot of free opportunities for Jamal Murray. But I just don't think, I always equate it to this. Can the Portland Trail Blazers win without C.J. McCollum in a seven-game series against Denver if they have Jamal Murray but no McCollum in the lineup? I don't think so. And I think it's kind of the same situation with Denver. You like betting the Blazers here in Game 3 going home. I do. I think Portland's got a great opportunity. Uh, This is a critical game, 1-1. You're going to have a big-time opportunity. You're going to have crowd a little bit of a crowd there. I think Damian Lillard and company play well.
3: Here's a real micro question for you, Amal.
4: <laughs> Will the Knicks beat the Hawks in exactly six games? You know, I don't know. I think that's the series that's going seven games mm-hmm. because now you've seen the Hawks already won on the road, and Trey Young thinks he's all of a sudden the greatest player in the world. The silencer. The silencer. Give me a break. He's going to be silent tonight. Um, I, I think the Knicks win this game. I think the Knicks split in Atlanta. Game five, I think it can go either way. And then I think one of those teams finds a way. I think this is a seven-game series.
3: We're having a very special edition of the Nuts today. We are having the Amal Shaw Memorial Day weekend telethon to help Amal recover from what happened last night. Of course, those of you who follow the show, dozens of you, know that Amal laid $3 on a straight bet on the money line on the Clippers. He also had a baseball parley that didn't work out as well. So we're trying to get some recovery, some relief for Amal. It's a 555 Shaw. If you'd like to make your donation, I know Amal's one of the more popular figures here on the network, and anything you can give helps.
4: Well, just to let you know, save them that time; they don't have to hit the one anymore. Okay, that's been gone for about. twenty I years. That, is that where I get so confused? I dial one.
3: I dial. I see people do all I talking. Do I need about the run, area code? Like, do, do? do I not need, the, yeah, area need the area code? Do I need the country code? Do I? Need... <laughs> <laughs> all right. You mentioned you mentioned you thought that the Knicks would uh, be victorious tonight. So let's start with that game: Hawks versus Knicks, game two. At MSG, Knicks are installed as a two-point favorite here. Low total here, two twelve and a half. and a half Hawks have been 4-1 against the spread in their last five games following an ATS win, and the under is 4-0 in the Hawks' last four games.
4: I Look, I like the Knicks here. I think mm-hmm. this is a good opportunity to bounce back. You know, the, that game one could have gone either way. I mean, Mike, the reality of it is if Trey Young missed a shot, we're in overtime if the Knicks are able to convert. If Julius Randle could have just played... 5 to 10% better than the Knicks win that basketball game. So I think you'll see a much better effort out of Julius Randle tonight. I like the New York Knicks to win this game at home.
3: I think Tom Thibodeau will not allow his team to commit three shooting fouls on Trey Young in the last five minutes of this game, which was a huge factor to me.
4: Yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah. I think that's going to be very critical in this one. And to me, I think this team will be a little bit better. The That's where I think Tibbs' defensive effort will be really good. I think this team will be ready to go tonight. Any interest in this total at 212.5? No. I, right now, just kind of looking at sides, I like in the postseason – you know, I'll tell you another thing last night I would have been wrong on. I would have uh, if I would have played the total in the Clippers game, I would have gone under. I would have thought that the Clippers would have come out and played better defensively to try and negate what Dallas is doing. And that way you could win that basketball game, but they were horrendous defensively, giving up 71 points in the first half. I'm not sure there's any team of the 16 in the playoffs that has played worse defense through the first two games. No, there isn't. It's not even close.
3: Uh, Wizards take on the 76ers tonight. Competitive game into the fourth quarter in game one. 76ers come back as an eight-point favorite tonight, a total of two twenty-nine and a half. Wizards 7-0 and one against the spread in their last eight games following an against the spread loss.
4: Yeah, you know, to me, one of the big thing is uh with this matchup, I, I want to see if we have a first half number. I see the first half total of one sixteen and a half. The first half number is probably four and a half, Mike. I like the 76ers in the first half here. They played very poorly in that first half. They were trailing actually against Washington. I think they'll bounce back. We saw it with Brooklyn in a similar fashion. If you're Philadelphia, you build off your second-half performance and you sit there and you come on, you suffocate this Washington team. Because unlike Boston, when you look at with Westbrook and Beal, they have horses that are good enough to be able to overcome potentially uh, Philadelphia if they're shooting the basketball well. So I think if you can get out to a large lead, really puts a lot of pressure on them. I think there's a big advantage to the 76ers in this
3: spot. Put in a bracket against Knicks and Hawks, if they can get this series done in four or maybe five, they're going to have a nice rest as we anticipate the other series going 6 or 7.
4: I would agree with you. I Don't you think, just just off the top of your head, at best, the Knicks series finishes in 6 games. I think they're so even. I think it's probably the most even first-round matchup so far that we're going to see a scenario where, if you can get those additional days your Philly, huge. I agree with your guy, Frank Isola, who
3: said... He doesn't think that the Knicks will have any trouble getting one of the two in Atlanta and this series will probably come back 2-2 to Madison Square. Well, you
4: know that, you know that bastion of sports down in Atlanta, you know everybody's a fan of every other team outside of Atlanta. <laughs> uh, third game tonight on the schedule,
3: the Grizzlies take on the Jazz. We expect Donovan Mitchell to be back for the Jazz. Hopefully his trainers and the Jazz trainers agree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. a- agree on that. That's an interesting story where he brought in his own training staff and then they they disagreed with the team trainers. And, uh, you know, the last-minute decision to scratch him. Jazz are a healthy favorite tonight, 9.5 over Memphis with a total of 219 them all.
4: Yeah, you know, I want to just comment on that Donovan Mitchell situation very quickly. To me, I actually give the team credit because, you know, one of the things in the NFL, there's always a lot of criticism for players in the past being rushed back too quickly, health and safety not being taken into consideration. And I think with Donovan Mitchell, I get his point of view that he wants to play and he feels like he's healthy. And obviously, as a person, you know your body better than anybody else does. But I, I give the team credit for actually saying, hey, we're kind of looking out for your interest, and also they're looking out for themselves in terms of the big picture. But we'll see. I think the Jazz get back on track tonight. Mike, this could turn into blowout city, in my opinion. Utah done this a couple times this year. We've seen them in some spots where they lost a game they shouldn't have. They've come back and absolutely suffocated the next opponent.
3: Any concern with the fact that Memphis has played so well now, three straight games, they had that—you know they had that gut check at home where the Spurs came back on them. They were able to win played great at Golden State, and then another terrific effort in Salt Lake, or does it you know, does it just run out on them tonight?
4: And what are you kicking me while I'm down? I don't have the confidence to lay the points with the Jazz here. I can't do it, but I want to, and I'm not going to do it tonight. To your point, I, I think the way Memphis has played, you have to take that into consideration very seriously, even though I believe Utah is going to come out and play extremely well. I mean, can you imagine a situation where they're facing something similar to the Clippers? That would turn the entire West upside down. But I think Utah plays well tonight. Well, maybe Amal, The Parlay Kid Shaw comes up with the Parlay Kid Seventy <laughs>
3: Sixers first half
4: lay the points
3: with the Knicks minus two with the Golden with the Jazz money line tonight.
4: I, you know, it's not bad. We have to look at the odds, but I'll tell you what: I, I would rather take Philadelphia first half money line. Probably okay. going to be about two thirty or three dollars there if you're going to parlay with the Jazz and if you're going to take the Knicks, but. You know, we'll get to the bricks a little bit later on. Um, For me, it's different scenarios because the need – that's why I thought the Clippers were going to win last night. You see it so many times when a team is in a situation. We saw it with Denver two nights ago. That was a game I laid off of. That's one I should have taken, and I didn't do it. Let's take a look at the reset odds via DraftKings to win both conferences, and let's start in the West,
3: where, as I mentioned, the Lakers are now plus 160. Jazz having dropped the first game, really their odds haven't changed much, plus $3. The Mavericks, who are a 250 favorite in the series to beat the Clippers, have the same odds as the Clippers, both 7-1. to one.
4: Yeah, I, I'm not necessarily a believer in the Mavericks getting past uh, anybody else out west because I think these other teams might play just a bit of defense. I mean, the Clippers, it's just been a lack of absolute effort on that side of the ball, and it's not like the great Tyron Lue has been able to make adjustments here.
3: If you think the Trailblazers are going to win this series against Denver, are you interested in plus uh, 1,400 on the Blazers to win the West? They would match up, presumably, with the Lakers in the next
4: round. Yeah, I think it's a bad matchup for them. I think they're in serious trouble. I, I just don't see it happening. I mean, Lillard would have to have really four of the greatest games of his career to carry them in that situation. Back east in the Eastern Conference, the reset odds. Still see the 76ers, the one
3: seed who held serve at home, as the third choice.
4: I don't understand, you know... This is where we always talk about these guys are fixated. When I say guys, meaning the odds makers are fixated upon their numbers and they stick with it. Tell me, do we not assign home court advantage value? We do. We know the 76ers, if they run the table against the uh, Washington Wizards, are going to have home court advantage if they run the table against the Knicks or the Hawks, against Milwaukee or Brooklyn. You're not going to give credit for that. You've got two guys who are elite-level defenders in Embiid and Ben Simmons, potential uh, defensive player of the year. You've got a guy in Tobias Harris in that first half, 12 for 18 at one point, I think with 24, 28 points, uh, 28 points, I mean, he was just absolutely on fire. So to me, I don't understand the lack of respect. And and remember, Brooklyn, what do they play, about 10, 12 games this year with everybody, the trio together? Still a lot of question marks. We almost saw, luckily, uh, Kevin Durant, didn't get injured on his arm yesterday when he fell i mean that could have been curtains for the nets
3: yeah if there's still uh they still the even money choice to win the division they have to go through milwaukee and then they would have to get philadelphia and not have the home court advantage i still think the value is all with the six
4: well also keep in mind you mentioned that uh, milwaukee series that is going to be an absolute just a war of attrition it could be a seven game series and i think it's gonna be a real challenge when you come out of there to be able to be successful against philly
3: we're 20 minutes in on the nuts, our Amal Shaw Memorial Day Weekend Peloton. So far, one of the six viewers watching has called in. We're still waiting on the other five. We'll see when they'll call in, if they'll actually like to donate instead of getting money back from Amal. But up next, we're going to take a look at today's Major League Baseball slate. One of my favorite go-against pitchers, Drew Smiling in Atlanta, is on the road against the division leader, and he's only a small dog. We'll take a look at that game and more.
4: have such a horrific picture of myself, maybe it wouldn't scare as many people off. <laughs> well, they didn't see it until now. So no, we'll that's see fair. The, okay, that's we'll good. see what the it can't yeah. get anywhere. So, all
3: right, folks, just thirty minutes left to help Amal Shaw get back in action here tonight. We'll have a, I think we'll have an Amal in playbook, but I don't know if you'll be you'll be able to execute on it. <laughs> Let's move on. Giants, D backs tonight. Giants still in this race. They won comfortably last night. You get Johnny Cueto against Merrill Kelly. Merrill Kelly, five losses already for the D backs. ERA over five. He struggled this year. Johnny Cueto, of course, he missed some time on the DL. Three and one for the Giants. Three, three, four ERA. I'm interested in this game because the short price on Cueto on the road only about a dollar fifteen.
4: Yeah, Diamondbacks have lost nine in a row. Uh, you know, I'm not a big Merrill Kelly guy, and you you mentioned his struggle so far this year. Now, the one thing he has done an effective job of has been able to get some strikeouts and not walk a lot of guys. But I think this team has got to be concerned in a hitter-friendly park with a pitcher who's going to give a lot of base runners up by the hit or lo- potential long ball there. So. I, I would look at San Francisco here, but Mike, I tend to be a guy that likes to bet on teams that are on losing streaks. I got burned Sunday with Toronto was successful with Philadelphia against uh, Boston in that spot. have several teams today Oakland, Houston, I don't I think Houston's off today, but uh, Oakland uh, uh, Oakland obviously playing against Seattle here shortly. Arizona's going to get a win. Is it today? When is it? you know that's the one question I have and I you know I've told you this many times. I love teams on losing streaks, reverse run lines. You see these teams. Toronto did it against the Yankees the other night, 6-2. to We could see a similar situation here with Cueto.
3: Those beloved Astros are, in fact, in action tonight in the second game of their series against the Dodgers. Oh, last right, night, right.
4: Last night it was kershaw Grinke. You
3: said it might uh, materialize into a pitching duel. It did on one side. Kershaw yeah. pitched very well. Dodgers continue to be hot, rolling along here after the sweep of the Giants. They take the first game in-minute made. Tonight you get Trevor Bauer, who's really been an innings eater for the Dodgers. Um, 63 and two-thirds innings so far for for Bauer. 88 strikeouts against 18 walks. The whip below it 0.8. Five and two on the year. They haven't gotten him a lot of run support. And for the Astros, Luis Garcia takes to the bump. Two and three with an ERA of 3.38. Um, 47 strikeouts against 15 walks. We see the Dodgers as a dollar four. This line has gone up. It was a dollar thirty-two, a dollar thirty-five, a dollar, and they continue to bet Trevor Bauer a dollar forty-three right now.
4: Yeah, I think it's the right move in terms of taking him eighty-eight strikeouts. Do you think the lack of run support is because his teammates feel the same way you, Wayne Krifsky, and Josh Towers feel about Trevor Bauer? They just don't. Nobody seems to like him. No, I don't think that's it. I think <laughs> it could be happenstance here with a short sample size. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, you know, the thing is, the Dodgers. We talked about it yesterday. Injuries have been a problem for them so far. Starting to get healthier. This is a team that's going to be very dangerous. I love the way Bowers puts like eighty-eight strikeouts. Of what I think sixty-three innings. Yes. been dominant, dominant. Giving up a few home runs, eight home runs. That's been his one downfall, yep. and he's lost a couple
3: games, three to two. But other than that, it's been uh, it's been high marks for Trevor Bowers so far this year. Up next is the portion of our show where we give our plays, the Palm Reader Playbook, and a mall in. Come on, folks, call in. It's the telethon. We need funds for him all so that he can actually make these bets tonight. And coming up in about 15 minutes, Darren Banks, former NHL great, will join us in studio to talk about the Stanley Cup playoffs. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the v schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows, including Follow the Money, A Numbers Game, My Guys in the Desert, and Lombardi Line with v Best Bets. Download Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with newly engaged Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers with JVT, Long Shots Gone Racing, and last, the Ron Flatter Racing Pod. They are all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Amal, it's time for uh, Amal In. Now, this is really a hypothetical tonight because you don't have (laughs) two coins to rub together after that that five-figure bludgeoning last night with the, the Lou crew, Tyron Lou's boys, the L.A. Clippers. If, um, if, but if we get some funds before the end of the show, you'll be able to make these plays.
4: And if you see Tyron Liu on the back of a milk carton, you'll know probably <laughs> why or who's responsible for that. Uh, i got two plays tonight. Both New York teams going to go to the ice tonight, Mike. I like the Islanders before the series started. Took a small play on them to win the series at a plus price. Going to go with the Isles at home to close it out in six games tonight. Love the way Barry Trotz's team is playing defensively, and I think Tristan Yar- uh, Jarry can make another mistake. That could be beneficial uh, for the Islanders winning this game. So I'm going to take the Islanders at a pick em price at home. And then the New York Knicks at home minus two. I like them to win the series against the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, so I'm going to go with them tonight in a bounce-back spot at home. Start spreading the news. All New York <laughs> tonight for the hey, Shawman. Love me some Frankie Sinatra. Hopefully it's sort of the Yankee game that we'd be able to play it afterwards.
3: All right, let's go to the Palm Reader uh, playbook for tonight. Uh, we, we split out yesterday with the... Uh, the, the hockey, we got the first period under, and we got uh, Savali with Cleveland, but we lost the other two baseball plays. Um, let's start out with this this big game, the Europa final. Uh, it's going to go off in about 25, 25 minutes, Amal, when the whole world will turn their eyes to Gdansk. That's right. In Poland today, Man United takes on Villarreal. Now, two different stories coming into the, the final. Villarreal has been pushed and struggled a little bit to keep advancing, where Man U has really blown through this Europa field. It's not a field that they expect to be in, and obviously they've qualified finishing second in the EPL uh, for Champions next season.
4: Yeah, for people who are unfamiliar, this is like Duke playing in the NIT. Yeah.
3: Um, It was two and a half was the total, $1.25. A lot of props on this since it's a final, which which will be fun for Saturday when we get the Champions final. Can not wait. So so I looked at it first half, but the total was one. I didn't really want to go under one. I mean, you have to have a shutout. So instead of doing that, I said, will there be a goal scored in both halves? I'm saying no, we're going to get a shutout in one of the two halves. You could theoretically win this bet and still lose the two and a half total if you got three goals in one half. I laid a dollar ten here. I don't know that Man United's going to concede in this game. I don't uh, believe they will. i think I think this is a one nothing possibly two nothing final here, but we'll play that. There won't be a goal in both halves. Probably the first half, I think, here uh, will be played pretty tightly in a final as well. Uh, I mentioned Pavetta in in our last segment. I think is a good value. I bet him at 130. Um, he, he as well as Bauer are going up now, 135, 137. I just don't like Smiley. I think the Red Sox are going to put some runs on the board. Smiley gives up too many home runs with that big lollipop. But not a great not a great place for, for for a left-hander to pitch there in Boston as well. Uh, and they've faced Smiley before in the past, been in the American League. So... I'll take Pavetta, who's 5 and all. although my 8-0 Jack Flaherty uh, didn't go so well last night. And then I'm going to parlay. I, I still continue to believe goals are going to be at a premium in this Islanders-Pittsburgh series. Um, Yari, outside of that mistake, has played pretty well. And the Islanders really limiting the Penguins' chances. I agree with you here. They've been the better of it. After the first two games, they really had the better of it here. I'll parlay that, and I'll go back with the Knights. And we're going to talk with Darren Banks in the next segment about this big game for VGK tonight in Minnesota. Uh, I thought it was an aberration with uh, Flurry giving up the four goals or three goals in an empty netter the other night. Um, the first two two games in the series that were in uh, T-Mobile, there were no goals scored in the first period of either yeah. game. No goals in regulation in the first game. Uh, so I'm going to go back to that and lay 15 cents. So it's a parlay of two of the NHL games' first period unders, Pittsburgh and New York and uh, Las Vegas against Minnesota.
4: You know what? I like your play on the Isles one. Um, I thought the other day that five and a half was a really good number. There's some certain spots. I am mad at myself for not taking the Toronto under. I thought that should have been juiced a little bit higher than that game against uh, Carolina and Nashville, staying under five and a half, as they both do last night. But to me, um, the real question mark is, can Minnesota score the way they did in the first period? Because the one concern you have from a wild perspective is they have not put up a ton of shots. And if you look at it, VGK obviously been much more productive on the offensive end. It's tough to keep them off the score sheet.
3: The two games in Minnesota. Remember, Minnesota raced to a two nothing lead in the first period of Game Three. They had the third goal disallowed. Yeah, and from that point on, for the last um, five and a half periods, VGK outscored them what eight to nothing the rest of the way there. Yeah, exactly. nine, to, nine to nothing the rest of the way in Minnesota. So Minnesota went uh, about a hundred and ten minutes without a goal there at home in the last two games. So um, interesting, uh, interesting matchup tonight, but. You know, a lot of pressure on the Knights if they don't win tonight. And traditionally, they have not had success outside of the Games 3 and 4 in Minnesota if it comes down to a Game 7 here uh, Friday night at T-Mobile.
4: Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. I mean, we could potentially see this one shake out. Uh, What a great way, Memorial Day weekend. That's one thing I loved when I covered the NHL. You go inside the arena, it's so cold, and you walk outside in Dallas in in the spring, and it's like beautiful, and it just you get so fired up about it because now you've got a scenario with these teams where You just look at it like there's so much riding on it. You don't want to go into the Memorial Day weekend if you're the Knights having to win this game and win it all while Colorado's just sitting back, relaxing, getting ready for you. They won't have to play Memorial Day weekend. you got to get this thing done tonight.
3: Quite possibly you face elimination Friday uh, in Game 7. And then if you do win that, if you don't win tonight, you're going to go back, back, probably
4: in Denver on Sunday.
3: Well, that's a (laughs) a quick
4: turnaround. Mm -hmm. I'd rather have that Saturday game because that's probably when we'll see Saturday game one between Mm -hmm. the— If they win tonight. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. then that way you have the Monday game on Memorial Day as game two. Uh, I think if you're VGK, you got to get this one. You don't want Colorado, and it's going to be a physical game up there at the Excel Center in uh, in St. Paul. You don't want to put yourself in a situation where you are playing two additional games compared to Colorado. They're sitting back. McKinnon rested. Landis rested. Kale McCarr rested. Remember, they finished last Sunday, right? Sunday, Monday? (laughs) I mean, they they swept the Blues. Exactly.
3: Um, Let's talk about that series. If the Knights do advance, many people previewed this as maybe the best two teams in hockey meeting in the West Finals. Certainly the top two points, right? Colorado won the President's Cup based on wins in regulation, but they had the same number of points, tops in the league. So you have the top two point teams in the league meeting in the conference finals here. How do you preview this? Is there some value in laying a small
4: price with Colorado? You know, I would say yes, because to me, this Colorado team right now is not the same team that was in the regular season. They're just at a different level. You're, you're seeing the intensity. Nathan is probably the best player in the National Hockey League right now. He's definitely the best player left in the postseason, and he is playing at an elite level like a player of his caliber should be. No Drysdale, no McDavid. So for me, it is McKinnon all the way. I, I just think it's so tough right now when you look at... We haven't even talked about the Colorado defense at all, how well they played in that series against St. Louis, Mike. Uh, Knights are going to have their hands full. They're going to need Mark andre Fleury to do what Mark andre Fleury can do. Yeah, I think they're also going to need Matt's catch already back.
3: Oh, I there's no they, question about it. They you miss can't his, win his ability him. to generate shots and his scoring. I don't think they can score enough to keep up with the You're play. right. Coming up in studio, it's Wednesday, so we're going to have Darren Banks, former Boston Bruin, preview tonight's matchup with the Knights in the Wild as well as the Islanders and the Penguins and who he thinks will win the Cup. That's next on The Nuts.
4: With exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boost, and the largest offer of live in-play options, BetRivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. And to make your experience even more rewarding, BetRivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthrough bet rivers your hometown sportsbook, offer valid in colorado iowa illinois indiana virginia michigan and pennsylvania available at play sugarhouse.com in new jersey must be 21 gambling problem illinois new jersey pennsylvania call 1-800-GAMBLER indiana 1-800-9 with it colorado 1-800-522-4700 michigan 1-800-270-7117 virginia 1-888-532-3500 in iowa call 1-800-BETS-OFF
3: Welcome back into the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's a Mall Shaw, and it's Wednesday, so we have Darren Banks, former NHL great Boston Bruin, joining us in studio to talk NHL playoffs. Banksy, I want to start out here. How surprised are you that the Oilers got swept?
5: Very surprised. And, you know, one of the things that really stood out with me, and I didn't even realize it, Connor McDavid, fastest guy in the league, never drew one penalty. So, that officiating, I mean, I watched some of the games, and, I mean, they were all over him. And they never called a penalty on them.
4: You know, to me, when you look at this team, Dave Tippett's a great regular season coach. <clears throat> my, my problem with his team sometimes in the postseason, they just can't deliver at the level that they have during the <coughs> regular season. One thing, Banksy, you mentioned it, not a lot of power play opportunities for the Oilers in that series. My, my criticism of Tippett had always been, for him, the perfect shot was finding, like, the setup. And to me, the perfect shot's the one that goes in the net.
5: Yeah, and I find their Achilles heel is their defense. Yeah that's why they lose games their defense just doesn't play that well they rely on you know Tyson Berry but he's a very offensive defenseman or, Dar- or Darnell Nurse and I don't think Darnell Nurse is that
4: good of a defenseman two bad penalties in the second mm-hmm. period <clears throat> against Winnipeg in game 3
5: yeah and that's you know that was their downfall i never would have expected Winnipeg to sweep them though. yeah
3: Me- meanwhile that being said they lead 4-1 with nine minutes to go in game three. They're that close to eat, to being only down one game going into game four. I mean, have you ever been part of that in that kind of a situation where you blow a three-goal lead?
5: I've never been part of the team that got blown the lead, but yeah. I've been part of the team that came back, came back <laughs> from that one. Um, one bad penalty. You know, guy took a stupid penalty. Yeah. He actually get suspended for it, and they were boom, boom. They should have called the timeout, and they didn't. And when it went 4-3, I went, uh-oh, <laughs> oh, here it comes. And that momentum was all with Winnipeg then.
4: Darren, I want to go to the series between the Pens and the Isles. Game six tonight on the Island. Islanders with a chance to close out. Barry Trotz has been a difference maker for this team the last couple of years defensively. We've seen Washington struggle once Trotz has left, and the Islanders have been upgraded since Barry's arrived. Uh, To me, Tristan Jari made a critical mistake in the end of game number five in overtime. You know, in soccer, Mike, it's always safety first. I don't know why Tristan Jari didn't yield to that. How do you mentally overcome it as a team from an error like that in a game that just really could really basically changed the outcome of the series it's kind of like forgive
5: forget you know uh, it happened everyone makes mistakes sure you've got to forget about it as fast as it happened you got to forget about it and go on to you know the toss that's in hand you know what you're supposed to be doing or trying to do um, I don't think I never thought Pittsburgh would beat these guys yeah I picked the Islanders I've picked so far I've been pretty good except for the Edmonton series the only one that hasn't didn't come out the way I thought it would
4: well in your defense Mike was on the Oilers too no, that was my that was my Stanley Cup
5: pick. Yeah. And I, I bet I'm big in the series. Let's stay in the East.
3: Your Bruins got it done. Look, Samsonov came came back for Washington and they played they played well. It wasn't the problem they had three different goaltenders. They just didn't score a lot against the Bruins. How do you preview an Islanders uh, Bruins final in the East?
5: I might even see another sweep out of the Bruins. The mm. Bruins are they're clicking on all cylinders. If they can keep that second line scoring then they have like a 1A, 1B type of thing going for their team. Their checking line can still score. Um, and Tuka Ross is playing well, you know. So I, I don't know how anyone's going to beat them. Uh, the only way I see them, and it's it's kind of weird, but these good teams are going to get knocked out early. You know, Washington gets knocked out early. If the old playoff schedule the way it was, they wouldn't have played each other. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Tampa Bay, are they going to be there? I think they will be. Florida's going to make a, you know, they're going to beat them up, but they'll probably end up beating them.
4: Great game sixes tonight, two of them, including the, I mean, actually three of them, but the Tampa game you mentioned. They make the goalie change. All of a sudden, Joel Quinville's team looked a lot better. They give up the early goal against Tampa. Now they've got to go to Tampa. John Cooper's team has been here, done this. Obviously, we saw the success they had last year. Will they close this out, or do they have to go back to Sunrise?
5: I think they close it out. They close it at home. They're, they're just too good of a team, yeah. you know, Kucherov. You know, t- you know, picks it up and you know, stand Close. Those players on their team play well; they're hard to beat. I mean, but they can't have these five-five, four-four games. It uh, must the, co- the coaches must be pulling their hair out.
3: Yeah, Vasilevsky, eighteen and two at home this year. To your point, I think they close it out tonight too. And they're a pretty tr- cheap price at home against Florida. I like them in that spot. Let's talk about the other series. I mean, th- that Central Division's been the best all year with those top three teams. Nashville's playing well and giving Carolina everything they want as well.
5: They are. I never expected Nashville to be there, though. Carolina's a better team. Brendan moore got those guys playing unbelievable. I mean, I watched that whole game last night, and I actually left to come down here to catch overtime, and I missed it. Mm. You know, it was over in two minutes. So um, even Stahl, I mean, it's like he's playing like a young kid out there. They're, they're good. They're really good. Um, but, again, I think – Carolina, Carolina ends up beating. The did, you,
3: did you like Brenda Moore criticizing the officiating after Game Three? I mean, they're up two one. He's whining about they're getting all the penalties.
5: Yeah, that' not to me a coach. He can pick up the phone and call those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, don't put it out in the public. Uh, I didn't like him for doing that, but you know, it is what it is. But uh, you, you know, he should have just called the guy on the phone.
4: Let's go to the series that has a ton of interest here in Las Vegas. Obviously, the Vegas Golden Knights in Minnesota at the Excel Center taking on the Wild in this one. Minnesota, to their credit, great first period. But, Darren, to me, the one thing that stood out is the inability to get a ton of shots or generate a ton of offensive opportunities. Even though there's no patch ready for Vegas, that is tough to be able to really keep these guys off the score sheet for that long.
5: Yeah, I'm, you know, my biggest downfall with the team right now, and I talk to people that kind of work with the team is like, what's going on in the first period? Yeah. I mean, you guys are getting six shots, eight shots. Yeah, you outshot them, but Minnesota—they just keep you away from the middle of the ice. If guys don't start crashing the net, your Reeves and your Carrier and those guys are going to start Marshall. So. I mean, some of these guys are so perimeter players; they get forty shots, but who cares? I mean, he's seen thirty-five of them. He's going to stop all of them. Yeah. You know, it's not a—it's not a hard task for him. Got to go to the net. Got to crash the net. You've got to, and you got to cause traffic. And you got to score some ugly goals. If it goes off your ankle, who cares? Knights
3: are about a dollar forty favorite tonight. Minnesota get back one twenty at home. Do you have a play on the game?
5: I got the over. I got the over in a lot of these game six today because I think that team. It could be the team that's up three to two, or if they're lo- if they're winning, the other teams they might pull their goalie five minutes ago. So there could be two open net goals. I think in a lot of these games, and I don't know if they'll go to you know overtime. I'm actually picking the knights to go to overtime. And win the game, but I still pick over five and a half.
4: To your point, Banksy, that's one of the reasons I didn't play a lot of these totals under tonight. Because the Toronto game, I'm a little bit concerned. I'm, mean, excuse me, the Tampa. I keep saying Toronto and Tampa the whole time during this postseason. Uh, I'm a little bit concerned about that Lightning matchup. There's a goalie pull situation early, and we're seeing my teams pull goalies down three goals. I mean, come on, this isn't practice here. Now, the thing is, I
3: mean, you have a one-goal game, but they give up a goal, they're going to pull him again. So, I mean, it, can get, it gets away from That's why, as an underplayer, I only play first periods. We're talking with Darren Banks, former NHL player, played for the Boston Bruins. Of course, everyone knows him now. He's executive casino host for Circa, the D, and the Golden Gate. I was concerned about Toronto because Jack Campbell had no playoff experience. He's played great right now. Montreal's getting few chances, and he's stopping the ones he's getting. I'm assuming they're going to close out against the Canadians. Does Winnipeg, if Hellebuck continues to play well, have a shot to beat Toronto, or is Toronto just too good?
5: No, I'm, leaning, I'm going to lean towards Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to be my favorite for the North, um, and we cheer wow. for them. I think Toronto gives up way too many chances. Uh, Montreal's not capitalizing but they give up way too many chances. And if they don't score, I mean, thank God Marner's got some goals mm-hmm. because they're wigs, You know, they're guys they rely on. Matthews, they haven't scored a goal yet.
3: Yeah, that's been the best under series of them all, not the Islanders and
4: Pittsburgh. I'm projecting a little bit here. Assuming Vegas wins one of the next two games, they're going to face off against Colorado. With McDavid and Drysaddle out, I think McKinnon, without question, is the best player in the National Hockey League right now, at least from an offensive perspective. This Colorado team's defense is not getting enough credit for what they did against St. Louis. How does Vegas match up with them, whether it's Pat in the lineup or out of the lineup?
5: With Pat I'll lean a little bit on Vegas, but without him, that Colorado defense is fast, and yeah. they're young, and they can move. And if they get Byron back, who has not played, there's another young guy that can really play, you know, can really go. Besides, their forwards. They got really good forward, skilled forwards. Not big guys, though. So, and, you know, if you hit them, it might be a different series with them. But they're, they're, they're quick. They're a really quick
4: team. Mike, Mike, you mentioned how much you've noticed the speed of Colorado throughout this postseason.
3: It's to my eye on TV. I mean, St. Louis knew they needed to muck up this game, yet every time in transition, they had a three-on-two break. I mean, they're just... They appear to me to be the, by far the fastest team in hockey.
5: Yeah, they're – they're. I, you know, it's like watching a bunch of Connor McDavid's out there, but they are quick, and, you know, Vegas will have their hands full with that team. They really have – I think there'll be some some good series, but Vegas has got to start – I mean, start tonight, please, and just go to the net, shoot the puck more.
4: All right, Banksy, bottom line, who's going to win the cup? Boston Bruins. Wow. I, well, I had to figure to pick that, and listen, mm. defensively, since the trade deadline, they've been the best team in the National Hockey League. And Tuka Rask, I know he's a little bit older now, the Finn's thirty four, but he has been lights out. And Darren, to your point, the opportunities are just not being created there. You know, in that Washington game the other day, when they got that one goal lead, I'm like, this thing might be over. It's just so tough with how they're defending right now.
5: Yeah, I mean, they're they're just they're good team. And I don't know how you know, you get there and they got some bigger kids on their team. And besides them being able to skate, they like to hit. You know, their defense is good. So I'm picking Boston, not because it's tattooed on my arm, but I'm picking the Boston Bruins.
3: They have an overabundance of blessing in gold, too. Not only if something happens to Rask, you've got Halak. And then the young kid, Swayman, was maybe the best
4: of the three during the regular season. Yeah. They have some depth there. Jack Campbell has played well so far, the young goaltenders. But I'll tell you what, to me, I love your call on Tuka Rask. Look, I'm still going to stay with the chalk. I, I like Carolina coming out potentially in their in their bracket out of Tampa, and then depending on where they reseed and how they face off. And I still think the Colorado Avalanche are going to be the team to beat. I don't know why
3: they don't play Morazic at all, though. But the, your I, about sh- Carolina,
5: I like Pete Morazic a lot. Yeah, but they, I don't know. Yeah, he, we're not the coaches yeah. out there. But <laughs> they're they're making it. They're getting it done. That's a fun part, though, to question them. Let's put a big <laughs> bow on
3: this. Um, Amal Shaw Memorial Day weekend telethon. Can we get a final tally of how much money was raised for Amal? Shocker, zero. Reminds me of a story I have a poker player who used to play in my poker room in Chicago when a kid would tell him a bad beat story. He'd say, Son, 80% of the people don't care, and the other 20% are happy it happened to you. <laughs> Stay tuned for Betting Across America up next on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.